Salutations, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. Time for another glorious edition of Modern Day Gladiators, the sports podcast here on the Outlander Media Network. Your humble host, the ace of Tennessee sports podcasting, Michael Shibley, with you here. Hope everybody had a fantastic week and, of course, a great holiday weekend for those who celebrated Easter and Passover and those who didn't just hopefully had a nice weekend. So, Tip of my hat to all of you. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. And, of course, listen wherever you get your fine podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you get your fine podcasts. Please listen in and give us those five-star reviews, all of the great podcasts you have, not just Modern Day Gladiators. By all means, keep giving us those five-star reviews. But, of course, you got to listen to everything else we've got at outlandermedia.net, and that includes Haffle, DLC Respawn, Deadbeat Radio, Scared Stupid, uh, Geeks Inherit to the Earth, and more. We've got them all. Big Dreams is just another one that kicked off. We've got some more great podcasts on the way as well. We're still putting out content for you to listen during this epidemic. So hopefully you guys are still listening and out there with us. And again, wherever you listen to your podcast, those five-star reviews help us so much and get the word out as we take over this podcasting world. Let's jump right in to all the sports that are going on. Usually we save all of the WWE news for the end, but we're going to kick it off again this week because it seems to be the biggest one coming out of everything that's happening. couple of stories going on with Vince McMahon and his glorious WWE. The first being that the WWE, and I've mentioned some of this, of course, on the social media pages for Modern Day Gladiators, and that is, of course, that the WWE has now been deemed an essential business in Florida and is going to resume live shows. And I have kind of a problem with this. The WWE had been doing taped shows. Again, WrestleMania was taped. The Raws and SmackDowns and NXTs leading up were all taped. But now the WWE has been deemed an essential business in Florida, Orange County Mayor uh, Jerry Dennings said back on Monday, and allowing the company to resume live television shows from its Orlando training facility, the Performance Center, and Full Sail University there in Winter Park, Florida, where they have had NXT forever. The decision was from Governor Ron DeSantis' office, and that was on April 9th, and it could open the door for other sports to resume in the state. We'll see where all of this goes. But it leads to a big thing because you have the stay-at-home order, and the WWE had Raw live last night as I'm recording this on a Tuesday. So Monday Night Raw was live on the USA Network. But again, you look at the essential businesses as we've had in all of these states. They're supposed to remain... You know, you've got uh, healthcare, financial, energy, food, communications, and transportation sectors. And again, we'll see where all of this kind of ends up. But it said that uh, a spokesman from DeSantis' office told ESPN on Monday that such services uh, were characterized as essential with the WWE because they are critical to Florida's economy. Now, you could take that or leave that. For what it goes, the ratings for all of these shows, the the shows that have been in these empty arenas, and that's not and that's including AEW, but we talk about Raw and SmackDown and and NXT. The ratings have been very down because again, people may be watching, but they're not watching that as much as they're watching you know the news because we have an epidemic with 
tens of thousands of people worldwide and a record number here in the United States have passed away from this this virus. So you look at all of this and you have to wonder why they're doing this. And you, you dig deeper. And again, someone like me who has been following the WWE for a long time and knows how Vince McMahon thinks, at least a little bit, uh, you would think my sister might know a little bit because he also graduated from East Carolina University, just like my sister did. But you look at some of these things and you can connect the dots. And this isn't a conspiracy theory uh, bit like they do on Halfle. We're not about that here on this show, though I sh- do want to get Chase and Terry, especially on this show again, to talk about some conspiracies out in the sporting world. But when you look at a lot of this, you look at a couple of things. So first of all, the WWE has these television contracts with Fox and the USA Network. When you look at what they deem, they deem that the WWE has to be live for the vast majority of their shows. They can't be taped. And you look at that the WWE has had like three full weeks, I think, leading up to WrestleMania of taped shows. So you you can see where... They're worried that they are in breach of contract if they're not live. So you look at all these, and these, I mean, these are billion-dollar TV contracts that they have with these with these networks. So you look at a lot of that, and you can see why they're trying to pressure to do it. Now, again, Governor Ron DeSantos, a Republican, and for those of you who don't know, Linda McMahon, Vince's wife, ran for Congress in Connecticut. She ran for Senate on the Republican ticket twice, lost, and then became, because if you haven't paid attention for a long time in the WWE, the McMahons and the Trump family have been intertwined for a long, long time because you have, of course, WrestleMania's 4 and 5 were in Trump Plaza there in Atlantic City. And then, of course, you had at uh, WrestleMania 23, the Battle of the Billionaires, which was, you had... Uh, Umaga wrestling for Vince McMahon and Bobby Lashley wrestling for Donald Trump. The winner of that match, then their uh, person, either Donald Trump or Vince McMahon, got their head shaved. And Bobby Lashley beat Umaga, and so Vince McMahon got his head shaved. This was the Battle of the Billionaires. It was a big deal back at WrestleMania 23. The fact that that's 13 years ago is amazing when you look at all this stuff. So they've been intertwined for a long time when... Trump was elected president in 2016, the Linda McMahon was also a part of his first cabinet. She was the small business director, something along those lines. It was a small cabinet position, but she was still part of that. Now, Linda McMahon, again, this is Vince's wife, she runs a super PAC. It is the the first America First Action Super PAC, which again is one of those political action committees that can raise money and do separate things for fundraising for whomever they deem. And it's above the law, or not above the law, it's it's legal to do that. Uh, I have a whole bunch of issues with PACs and fundraising with things like that. That's a whole nother issue that's not involved in sports. But anyway, so you see kind of where they're connecting the dots because AEW is not getting this type of permission yet in the state of Georgia where they're located or even in Jacksonville. So they haven't gotten this. The UFC tried to do this and that's just putting 
a uh, an addendum on what we talked about on last week's show, where Dana White had tried to secure a private island, and also they were going to have their latest UFC 249 that was going to take place this week on April 18th. They were going to have that at an Indian casino in California, right outside of Fresno, but they had talks with the higher-ups at Disney, which is owned by ESPN, which is partial broadcast partner with the UFC, and they told him essentially to shut it down, but they haven't gotten permission from that, and they even talk about that in in the part of the WWE being deemed an essential business, where they're like, well, we haven't processed through that yet, even though... They said the memo does not specif- uh, specify specific sports as long as the event location is closed to the general public. So, again, we'll kind of see what they're doing. Again, they're doing this all in front of no fans as, of course, they're practicing all the safe social distancing and what have you. But what's really funny to me is while they're doing this, and I think personally endangering the lives of crew members and also the wrestlers who are having to travel because not all of them live in the Florida area. A lot of them live elsewhere in the country. They're endangering lives by having them fly and interact and being in proximity to other people that you don't need to. Yes. And again, we've seen the numbers that it looks like the number of cases and are going kind of on the downswing, but we talked about this last week. It's got to be pretty darn near zero before you start just saying, okay, everybody out, unless you're going to do testing and test everybody, asymptomatic people, everybody else. You have to test for the antibodies and all of that if you want everybody to get reopened like so many people want. Meanwhile, while they're doing this, and I think endangering the lives of a lot of the people that work for them, the WWE has now partnered with the Ad Council to launch a national public service announcement to raise awareness during the COVID-19 pandemic. So Vince is being his usual wanker, old carny, con man style personality, which is what Vince McMahon has been for a long time. And it's funny Because you look at all of that, we're not done with Vince McMahon yet on this glorious episode of Modern Day Gladiators because you also have the XFL. The XFL, of course, stopped playing five weeks ago when all of these issues came out with the coronavirus as all the other leagues and everything else stopped. However, the XFL has now filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, so the XFL has ceased operations. It's ironic that this one, which I think had better financial backing and a better deal and things going on to be set up for a longer run than the first version of the XFL, this XFL lasted less than the first one did. The first one was at least able to complete their full season. They didn't even get that in this version of the XFL. Now, of course, the coronavirus pandemic had a lot to do with that, but it's still just kind of funny in a twisted way. But the XFL's parent company, Alpha Entertainment, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and this happened on Monday. And again, they had suspended operations and laid off uh, all of its employees uh, earlier in the uh, in this process. And again, they've got all the different uh, top creditors, the St. Louis Sports Commission at $1.6 million, And then, of course, you have a lot of the coaches like Bob Stoops who have a, a big part of the credit being a creditor. As well, and of course, they attributed the decision to the coronavirus pandemic, which you you know can't fault them for. And it's interesting though because 
you look at the details of the bankruptcy stuff, and that's what happens when a lot of these companies file for bankruptcy. A lot of this stuff, especially if they're publicly traded companies like the WWE is, not Alpha Entertainment, but the WWE, you get to see some of the inner workings of what's going on. That stuff is not held private. And you look, and this is a story that came out of the Action Network, and it's by Darren Ravel, who's been a big sports business and gambling writer for a long time. You look at a lot of the things, because Vince McMahon, for a long time, said and kept saying and reiterating that Alpha Entertainment, which is where the XFL was and the WWE, were going to be completely separate entities this time around, because they were very intertwined last time, which, again, became part of of the mess. They wanted the WWE to be completely separate. However, just by documents that came out with a lot of this, you see that there were B shares, and these are different types of stock shares that you can have in controlling interesting companies, but almost 24% of shares in Alpha Entertainment were from the WWE. So there was intermingling between both companies, no matter what they said. And of course, there was skepticism of that, and the WWE share dropped because of that back when you had, uh, you know, JP Morgan and Citigroup pressing Vince McMahon on things like this. And he kept saying that they were both separate. And now these disclosings in the SEC has found that to be not completely true. So it's been really interesting. And again, it just shows the carny nature that Vince McMahon has had. I mean, his family forever has been, you know, Jess McMahon, his grandfather, Vincent McMahon Sr., his his father, have all been con men and carny and promoters. That's what they do. That's how they run things. And it's been interesting to see where all of this has happened because 18 months ago, Vince McMahon was worth about $3.3 billion, but because the stock has dropped so much with the WWE, he's now worth about $1.9 billion. So still has over almost $2 billion, which again, would be wonderful to have. But you look at where all of this goes and you just see what a, just a slimy wanker that Vince McMahon really is. And I fully know that as a huge pro wrestling fan. I completely understand that and I accept it. It's just when you go through what's happening right now in the world and putting wrestlers out there live on television when you didn't need to do that, and I really don't believe that Fox or the USA Network are going to cancel these television contracts because of the, the situation that we're in. They could. I don't believe that. Again, I think that Vince is playing a lot of the victim here as he is wont to do. We'll see where it all ends up, but it's still fishy. I don't like it, and the fact that he lied about the fact that they weren't intertwined with the WWE and XFL, just that also bothers me. So, But that's the world we live in, and I'm used to it, and apparently the WWE, but not certain other things, are deemed essential, which is another just weird thing when you look at what everybody pretty much believes to be essential. Full entertainment like this is not. I mean, you've got AEW, they're doing stuff on their YouTube channel pretty much through where uh, Matt and Nick Jansen, Jackson live, the Young Bucks, they live in Rancho Cucamonga, California. 
they rented the old PWG ring and they're having it on their tennis court. They've been having just some matches. Now they've been part of bits that they've had going on. It's still entertaining and they're making it work, but they also have, I think, at least two months of taped footage in the can already as this thing goes on. So again, I think they've been far better prepared for this than the WWE has. We'll see what the results of all of that are going forward. Before we move on to some of the other things I've got in the world, one last wrestling bit of news to wrap up the show. But again, we've got to thank our sponsors, Joe Shirt and Otherworldly Coffee. Love both of them. They are amazing. Otherworldly Coffee, it's liquid cocaine. We've loved having them as part of the Outlander family. Again, if you go to otherworldlycoffee.com and select either any of their coffee, any of their other merchandise, if you use code OUTLANDER at checkout in all caps, so you got to yell at them, you're going to get 20% off your order. So we thank Otherworldly Coffee. And, of course, we've got to thank Joe Shirt. At JoeShirt.com, you can check them out. You want to expand your brand, whatever it is, whether you're a single person with, a, you know, you're a, a piccolo player or a one-man band or a, uh, you know, a stand-up comedian, whatever you do, you can do that. If you've got a team, you've got a company, you want to get your name out on a shirt, your brand, get that out there and get it ready to go. I'm ready to make a greetings and salutations shirt with Joe's shirt. Hopefully we'll get that in the works very soon. We're looking forward to that. But again, it can help expand the brand and get it out there. And of course, Joe Shirt Deluxe or Joe Deluxe is part of them where they can put your stuff on a on a iPhone case or you can put it on a banner or a coffee mug, whatever you have an idea, Joe Shirt can work to put your logo or your slogan, whatever you want it to be on a shirt or whatever you can think of, they can help you out. They've been doing business for over 30 years here in Knoxville. They'll give you free shipping if you are someone here in Knoxville working with them. It's amazing. Again, go to joeshirt.com and we thank them for their continued support of all of us here at Outlander Media. So let's just check out some of the other stacks of stuff. Another big event to fall as the coronavirus has continued is the Tour de France, which usually takes place. It, you know, is going to start June 27th. All that late, you know, late June, early July is always when the Tour de France seems to go, but it's not happening. The last time it was not held was in 1946 with the nation, of course, still emerging from World War II. It was also stopped during World War One. So those were the last times that happened. Always such a beautiful thing. Of course, it was great when, uh, you know, Lance Armstrong was winning, totally cheating, but, you know, winning it, people were paying attention to it more. Always just, again, just such a grueling event. Always cool to watch the Tour de France at least a little bit, but, of course, that's not happening again this year. You also look at, this is in the world of stupidity that we have this, this story breaking over the last couple of days, NASCAR style Carl, um, I'm sorry, NASCAR star Kyle Larson has been fired for using a racial slur in a virtual race. Some of these races, of course, in a lot of them, you've seen, of course, the NBA 2K and also MLB The Show, so for basketball and baseball, but they've been running these iRacing events virtually. It Honestly, for a lot of people who might not pay as much attention to racing, as a lot of other fans do, it looks almost the same, really, when you look at how great the graphics and everything are. But he was in this iRacing event Sunday night when he appeared to lose communication with his spotter 
on the headset. And during a check of the microphone, Larson said, you can't hear me. And that was followed by the N-word. So, of course, that happening, he, of course, issued an apology saying there was no excuse for his comment. But when you look at everything, Kyle Larson was prepping to be a very big star going forward in NASCAR. He was 27 years old, and he was in his seventh cup season with Ganassi Racing. And he was going to be considered a top free agent in NASCAR just three days ago. But then this happened, and it's probably an eight-figure blunder. He could have been in the tens of millions of dollars, but he had to open his mouth and say something just so... One of the words you just absolutely cannot say, especially in a public setting... And then this happens. And, of course, he owned up to it. He apologized for it, the whole apology tour, but all of his sponsors left. And, of course, that left Chip Ganassi racing no choice but to fire him. So now you look and see where he's going to end up and is he going to be able to build himself back up. But this is just in the completely dumb things that you can be. It's just awful and stupid and just so it shouldn't have happened at all. It's like, how can you be that stupid? And again, he's 27 years old. He had six career cup wins and finished a career best sixth in the standings last season. He was on the rise and it just didn't happen. Half Japanese, his grandparents spent time in one of the Japanese internment camps in California during World War II. He climbed from the short track racing into NASCAR through the drive through diversity program. And yet you utter that N word And your whole career now could be completely ruined for just a lack of sensitivity and paying attention to your surroundings and using that word no matter what. Even if you don't think the mic is live, don't do it. That's just stupid. It's it's absolutely ridiculous and deserves everything that's coming to him with that when it comes to losing your job and losing all the sponsors and tens of millions of dollars couple of other quick notes here. The NFL Competition Committee has now reverted back to their pass interference rules that they had before the infamous episode that happened in the 2018 NFC Championship game that, of course, we talked about on this fine program, where, of course, you had the Los Angeles Rams in an obvious pass interference call was not called against the New Orleans Saints, and that was leading to this past year, you were going to have the challenge rule, the challenge flag could be thrown in looking at pass interference. Of course, you look at how a just small fraction of those were overturned when it came to the rules, because honestly, I really believe that officials did not want to correct the other officials when it came to that. So they're essentially not reviewing the replay review for pass interference. Also, they also declined to endorse a pair of team proposals from the Ravens and the Chargers when it came to having a uh, eye in the sky or a sky judge, which honestly was something that I have been in big favor of. I wasn't the biggest fan of being able to challenge pass interference, but you could have this eye in the sky judge, and they had this in the Alliance of American Football and then the XFL. They had this where they had a guy up there and say, hey, I want to take a better look at this. Let's look at it. So this was just going to happen if something egregious happened, like that no call that happened in the 2018 NFC Championship game, where it's like, no, 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 we need to look at this again and go over it. So we'll see where that goes. Honestly, I I, I wish they would, but I am not surprised that the NFL doesn't want to have that. They just want to 
I guess, maintain, even though everything is now able to be reviewed, you would think, in slow everything down, you just, you, you know, they want to keep the validity of the referee's decision there, no matter how egregiously terrible it is. They did add two uh, new rule proposals, one that is going to keep teams from manipulating the game clock uh, by committing multiple dead ball fouls while the clock is running. Both the Patriots and the Titans were among the teams that used that tactic in punt formations to drain time from the clock while protecting a lead. You just can't keep doing that egregiously. Also, they want to expand the defenseless player protection to kick off and punt returners who have possession but haven't had time to ward off impending contact. I think that's good. Again, any way you want to protect players, I think is a good thing to do there. Meanwhile, to wrap things up, one last thing with the WWE, Rowdy Ronda Rousey looks like her relationship with fans played a part in her decision to walk away from the WWE. Now, again, I find a lot of fault in Ronda Rousey in a lot of this. And again, I say that fully aware that she could come to the door and break my arms if she wanted to. But this is just, again, as a wrestling fan, I understand where uh, I disagree with what she's saying here. You know, she talks about being on the road and all that stuff, but then talks about talking about the effing ungrateful fans that don't even appreciate me. She's talking about, again, that fan reaction, and she just thought she was going to be completely fawned upon all the time, and it just wasn't the case. You know, fans, I think a lot of fans believe that everything was handed to her. Some fans didn't believe she was very good. I thought Ronda Rousey was great. I thought she was a great performer out there, to be perfectly honest. Maybe there's a lot of people who think she shouldn't have maybe gotten the Raw Women's Championship as soon as she did. I believe that it was perfectly fine. You've got you've got a big star and a marketable, bankable star that people that aren't just wrestling fans know about. You should put the title on them if they're good and can back it up, and she was. So I didn't have an issue with that. Of course, she talks about she's not going to be full-time ever again. Um, it's going to be more like Brock Lesnar, probably in a part-time capacity. Now she's gone on and talked about things on Twitter and things, which has riled a lot of people up. And again, the fans are allowed to believe whatever they want. The fans have driven a lot of decisions by the WWE for a long time. Does Vince listen to them all the time? Absolutely not. We've seen that plenty. But part of me, and again, this is the wrestling fan in my head, is almost believing some of this could be a work, too, when you look at it. Because there's an idea in at SummerSlam coming up, if SummerSlam is still happening in August, we'll see... But there's an idea you could have a tag match with Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair in a tag match where they team up against Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, which I think would be amazing and would be awesome and probably the greatest women's tag match you've ever seen. We'll see. We'll see where all it goes because always with wrestlers and that carnival aspect of working the boys and working the crowd, we'll see where it all ends up. But if she is really complaining about the fans, it's very... It's very babyish, really, when it comes to it. So we'll see where it all ends up. I would love to see that tag match at SummerSlam, but we'll have to kind of wait and see where this all goes as, of course, the coronavirus is continued to interrupt all of our lives and everything else going on in it. I miss actual sports, as we've said, and I've said that many times in the weeks going, but again, I'd rather people be alive to watch said sports when they do come back, no matter what capacity. 
they are in. That's going to wrap it up for this week's show. Thank you guys always for tuning in and listening. And please, again, those five-star reviews make things so much better for all of us and spread the word of how awesome this podcast is. But until next time, I love you guys. Wash your hands. Too sweet. See you next week.